Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a nonprofit dedicated to the idea that every part of the Bible, Old Testament and New, is about Jesus. And this podcast is our experiment to publicly test that belief. Every episode, hosts David Bowden and Seth Stewart work through a biblical text to see how it helps us see and savor Jesus. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast and the last episode in the Torah series. The final episode. Yeah. I, I think it's 75 episodes. Is it? It took us. That's, I think so. That's I, a lot. I know we had a few little specials in there. We did. So, but we but, were still talking about the, the Torah. Yeah, yeah like, that's It was true. all like Torah related. Yeah, we did a couple Psalm episodes. Oh, we did. You're yeah. right. But still. Yeah, like Probably like 70 though. It's crazy. It's a lot of I think I was trying to like, add up all the hours that I spent doing this. I think it's like at least 200. Wow! Like, I mean, because like studying, studying, talking about doing it, this, yeah, yeah. two hundred hours, at least processing hours. the Torah, and we've talked like uh, it has radically changed the way we read our whole Bibles. Yeah, even as you were praying before we started, you it, you know you mentioned as we wrap up the Torah, which is the foundation of the whole Bible, which yeah. it is, and yeah, like yeah. I think that's just like a really helpful way to see it. Is like it's not this thing to sludge through at the beginning of your Bible before you get to the juicy stuff. It's the foundation. Yeah. What would you hope? for yourself and for our listeners as we end the Torah. Mm. Like, hey, you've walked with us through the Torah for this long. What would you hope would be true? Or what are you praying would be true like of our listeners and for yourself and for your oh, family man. and like Yeah, I, I think I would I would hope that um you have a, a renewed love for the Old Testament that walking through this has made you go like, man, I really want to spend more time in these parts of the Bible that you've just found them beautiful and you want to continue to find them beautiful, to continue to use them as meditative literature to see Jesus. And then I also like kind of just hope that it creates a longing for Jesus in people that it's like, man, I'm really glad that I'm not under Leviticus anymore, (laughs) you know, and like that I don't like, I don't need the law to tell me what's right and wrong because I have the Holy Spirit that it makes us long for and appreciate and worship yeah. Jesus. I yeah. keep what thinking like the good news that the Torah gives us. Um, I mean, obviously sacrifice in Leviticus, but like, especially as we ran out Deuteronomy is like that the law of God would like live in our hearts. It's mm-hmm. so, like a, God himself would be with us and we would know how to obey him. Yeah. Which sounds like, I mean, like classic Christians want to obey <laughs> God more, but like, I, like we talked about, I think about last week, just like intuitively understanding what mm-hmm. God wants us to do in new situations. I'm like, man, like I can't tell how many situations there are right now that the Bible never addresses. Right. So the Torah doesn't address a ton of issues that need to be addressed in order to govern a society, but mm-hmm. scripture doesn't address right. thousands of issues yep. in my life hundreds of decisions i mean i think somebody said like we make a decision every seven minutes like oh, you know what i mean it's exhausting. like so like i could god could have given us a law book yep. for every single one of those possible decisions yep but he didn't nope and he promises in the torah a holy spirit to guide us to make those decisions intuitively mm. it's like man i really want that like yeah. i really want a holy spirit that the good news of an indwell like god with us the cloud of fire, the mm. pillar of smoke living inside me, directing me when I don't have 
a clear revelation yeah. of what I'm supposed to do. Not that scripture is not supposed to guide me. That I'm not supposed to go there for its oh, principles. Right. Yeah. But like, I want to intuit a new situation, like the law, God's word, the ethic of Jesus's love in all situations. Like, yeah. Like I just want no, that. I like, want I that. Want that. Yeah. I want that for our people yep. that are listening to this. And I also think like that's what the book of Deuteronomy wants you to believe in. Like yep. that's what it hopes for its people. The good news is that you know the law and could live long in the land. Yeah. Like and I want that. I want mm-hmm. to have a, a good life here in this land that I live in, but also the promised land to come. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. I think as I was listening to you talk, I think take if I looked at the whole Torah and thinking about where I am right now, and I, I think about like how I'm longing for the promised land and understanding what it means to be in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah. You know, even though we're here in Oklahoma City and, you know, yeah. we have jobs and like, this is where we live. Like, right. You know, like, this is what we do. And, um, but it's like, I as you read through the Torah, you just over your shoulder when you look back is the Garden of Eden the whole time. Yeah. And it's like we've gone on this circuitous trip and we're coming back to the Garden of Eden and we've just spent the last like a like few months right. on the banks of the Jordan trying to figure out how can we enter into this land and right. do well in it. And I'm just like, it's got me longing to cross the Jordan like, yeah. and be yeah, back yeah, yeah, in yeah. the final Garden of Eden with God uh, because I've just, you know, for the last two years of we, as we've gone through the Torah almost, you know, right. I've had the Garden of Eden in my rearview mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I really just want to go there go back now. There. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's It'd creating be great longing. to be obedient now. It'd yeah. be great to be a, like with God forever. Yeah. Then, you know, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, that's, that's a good question. That's um, a good question. So today we're in... Chapter 31, and we'll go all the way to the end. All the way to the um, end. And w- which is an exciting thing to say. Uh, we've just looked uh, last last week at the blessings and the curses, the two mountains, the mountain of blessing, the mountain of cursing, um, the, the choice between life and death, and really the inevitability that Israel will be cursed, that she yeah. will disobey because, what we've said, she doesn't have the spirit in her, in her yeah. to intuit what is right and wrong, so she will go astray. Yeah, so Moses has essentially ended his sermon. Yes, like, right. So, so everything we're reading in 31 on is kind of the concluding remarks, mm-hmm. the conclusion of the entire book. And so it opens up this way. So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. It's kind of like he continued to say stuff like this for a period of time. Mm. And he said to them, so these are the final concluding words. I'm 120 years old today. I'm no longer able to go out and come in. And the Lord has said to me, you shall not go over to this Jordan. So Moses is ending his speech by saying, I'm about to die. And that's what the rest of this book is about. Mm-hmm. The preparations for Moses' Moses's death. death. Yes. Yeah. The like the um, the coronation of the new leader of Israel, Joshua. Uh-huh. Joshua. Yep. Um, and uh, preparing his people yeah. for that event. Yeah. 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 God says like, okay, Moses, it's time to die. Let's deputize Joshua. And then he kind of gives his own eulogy. Yeah. <laughs> you he know, does. he kind of yeah, like yeah. gives his parting word, his huh. deathbed speech. These are like, what are my last words before I go to the great beyond? You know, like yes. these are his last words. And then the, like, and we'll get there, but just to give you shape for these last few chapters. And then the book ends yeah. with his death. Yes, it and does. And it's over. And it does. You're immediately supposed to go to Joshua. That's right. And hear what happens next. Yeah. Um, but yes, it ends but with his death. That's where it ends. That's where, that's where it ends. And speaking of Moses' death. So yes. one of the first things you read yes. is, I am 120 years old today. Yeah. So that should like trigger in you, like, real flashbacks to Genesis 6 
where God limits the age of humanity to 120 Their years year old. shall be 120. Yep. And what happens after that point is that you have this long list of people, mm-hmm. and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. Yep. And there was Seth, and he died, and there was yep. Enoch. And he lived and this many died. years, and he died, and he lived yeah. this many years, and he died. And so what this is showing us is that Moses is still under the effect of the curse. Mm-hmm. What's fascinating is that Moses is full of vigor. His eye hasn't abated. It talks about like how healthy and strong he's super he healthy. is. super healthy, yeah. So the fact that he dies at 120 years old by God's hand is really significant because the curse still rules. Yep. Moses is the last name in that genealogy of people, and he died. Mm. So if Genesis 6 is supposed to, all those confusing, we talked, go back to our Genesis 6 yep. podcast, but like, Moses is still under the curse. Even on the border of the promised land, the curse still reigns. Moses, who there's been no prophet like up to this point, dies. Yeah. Like that's like that's a really canonically pentateuchally yeah. <laughs> like like important fact. Yes. Moses cannot escape the curse. Yep. He cannot like save Israel from the death that happened in the garden. That's right. He falls under it himself. And in his death, there's no Nothing good comes from his death. It, he deputizes yeah. someone who's not as good as him. Yep. Like we're, told, like, we're told yeah, that yeah, like we're told that. <laughs> the, Joshua's just not as good and no one's been as good as as Moses. So it's like in his death, like nothing good comes of it. You know, it like everything spirals out of control after this. Joshua judges, like everything yeah, just yeah. goes goes downhill. Yeah. And so like, you know, you said you said beforehand, um, as we were talking, you're like you know, the last person in this genealogy yeah. of the, and he died. Yeah. It ended in Jesus. Right. Yeah. You know, it's He's like, the last he died person and die. he died and he died. But then at, when, when we get to Jesus, which starts in Matthew and Luke's accounts with yeah. genealogies. Yeah. So that, the book of Deuteronomy ends and it says there was no prophet has never been a prophet mm-hmm. like Moses. And earlier on, it says something very similar. And the hope is the messianic prophet. Yep. The prophet, the one who can interpret God's will perfectly mm-hmm. yep. will one day come and reverse the curse, will bring people into God's land. And his name is actually, fascinatingly, Joshua. Yep. So I think we've talked about this before, but Jesus' name is an English translation of a Greek thing trying to translate the word Joshua. Right. <laughs> and so Jesus' Hebrew name is Joshua. Yeah. And like if you, you've heard like Hebrew speakers or something like that say Yeshua. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so where is the verse that talks about what Joshua will do when he takes over the land? Uh, okay. Verse 23 yep. of Deuteronomy 31. So Mo- so so in like actual history, Joshua succeeds Moses. Mm-hmm. But in like theological, canonical history, you're waiting for a prophet to succeed Moses mm-hmm. to do what he couldn't do. That's right. So in space and in time, you have this imperfect Joshua, and this was the commission given to him. Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. This is the command that's, this is like the the, the edict over yep. Yeshua, yep. Joshua. So I think it's amazing that Jesus comes, the final Yeshua. He is strong and yep. courageous in the face of the enemy's sin, death, pride, Roman oppression, mm. like whatever else. Yeah. And he brings the people of Israel into the promised land that God swore to give to Moses. Yep. And his name is? Emmanuel. I will be with you. I will be with you. I am. Like God himself comes. Yeah. And well, what's, what's interesting too is um, 
Joshua's, Yeshua's deputization yeah. was inaugurated kind of by the crossing of the Jordan. Yeah. And so was Jesus's. Yes. Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River. By John the Baptist. By John the Baptist and begins his ministry. Yep. He is the new Yeshua yeah. who crosses the Jordan <laughs> to save, to bring people into God's promised land. Yeah. It's crazy. The book of Matthew is structured specifically to make you sure you see this point. And That's like right. it, the genealogy ends with Moses, right? Matthew's genealogy. Oh, I'd have to look. Oh, I forgot about yeah. which one. Okay, I'd look it up real quick. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I think, anyway, regardless of whether it does or not, yeah. the book of Matthew is structured so that you oh, see big Jesus time. like yeah. the new Moses. The Bible Project's content on that is actually super helpful. So you should you should check them out. No, because uh, oh, Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew's starts with Abraham okay. and goes through... To Jesus, so it, it ends in Jesus. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but anyway. So, yeah. Um, but what I was, I was, so you have this, you have this theological um, uh, heir waiting mm-hmm. to be named, yeah. right? Yes. And it's... Uh, his name is Yeshua. His, his, name, name, his yeah. name's going to be Yeshua. And, <laughs> Which is uh, crazy. I yeah. feel like there's so many prophecies that are not super specific, yep. or they are specific, but in like... His, like different ways, like yeah. it's the exact name. This of is a Jesus. very specific like, name. It is his yeah. name, which means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. Yeah, and so uh, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, and this this death toll drumbeat keeps yeah. going. And he died, and he died, and he died. The curse is still there. The curse is still there. The curse is still there. And then when Jesus dies, it's not and he died. Dot dot dot. Continue. It's yeah. it is finished. The drumbeat is over yeah. because what happened, he rose from the dead. And unlike Moses' death at the border of the promised land that didn't earn anything, yeah. but only made us long to escape the curse, Jesus' death actually defeated the curse and earned for us entry into the promised yeah. land. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, like for Christians, there is no more and he died. Right. For Christians, we enter into an eternal promised land. Mm-hmm. Like there is no more death for yep. Christians. Yeah, for because, Christians, we our, our days will not be limited to 120 years. For those who trust in the prophet that comes after the Moses. prophet Yeshua. Yeah, the prophet Yeshua. The prophet Yeshua. <laughs> yeah. There is no more death. The yeah. promised land is yours. The land that... Oh, what does it say? Let me, let me read the words of Deuteronomy itself. Um, let me find it. It's going to take me a while. It's, there's a lot of actual text in these last these last chapters. There is a lot of text. Um, yeah. Okay. This is Deuteronomy 32, 47. Okay. Uh, be careful to do all the words of this law. This is Moses speaking. Mm. It is no empty word for you, but your very life. Mm. And by this word, you shall live long in the land that you are going over to the Jordan, over the Jordan to possess. Mm-hmm. For all Christians, we will live long in the promised land of God. We will live eternally. The word of God, God himself, are, is our very life. Yes. Our very life. Not just like hypothetical life. Right. But actual, very eternal life. Yeah. He is, he is what will eternally sustain us. Yes. Like things like food and medicine and shelter and clothing sustains yes. us now. He is our very life. He's our very life. And this should take us all the way back to Genesis 1. Yep. Where there is a tree of life. It will sustain you. You eat of it and you will live. And you will live specifically forever, forever in the land with God. In the land with God. And yep. over and over again, what, are we, we, what do we see throughout Scripture? Is that when we eat God's word, mm-hmm. when we trust his definitions of good and bad, yep. when we obey his commandments, yep. we will have life. Yes. Right here at the end of Deuteronomy, we're given the same call that Adam and Eve were given 
at the tree, mm-hmm. pass by the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, pass by your predilection to define good and bad mm-hmm. for yourself, and trust God's word alone. And it will be your eternal life. Yeah. This is also why when Jesus in the wilderness was Satan, yep. and Satan says, hey, turn these stones into bread, Jesus responds with this verse. Maybe not this verse yeah, specifically. Yeah, but it is in Deuteronomy. But, the Deuteron- but this idea, like, no. Man does not live by bread alone, but, but by every, every word. word that comes from the mouth of God. And I always think, like, well, let's live. I take it so, like, uh-huh. weekly yep. in that verse. But no, he's saying eternal life yep. is only found in God. I, Jesus turned away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the, yep. and the new serpent. To make the, the, bread the, the, for serpent, himself. the serpent was on the tree again to make bread for himself, to provide for himself. To define what the good sustenance is yep. for himself. And he said, no, I'm going to turn to the source of life itself, right. to God, and he is going to sustain me with his word. Yeah. And like the the word of God, I mean, it, it's interesting to say this now, I'm, I'm like spiraling, but it's yeah. like the word of God is living yeah, and yeah. active. Yeah, like, yeah. like that's what the New Testament says. And it's like the word of God is more than just words. Yeah. Like it, it he actually sustains us with it. It's something substantive and spiritual. What and does like, the word made flesh do? He makes mm, 5,000 loaves yeah. and several thousand or right. feeds 5,000 people yeah, yeah, with, with loaves with and loaves, fishes. Never ending. Yeah. Never ending, <clears throat> never ending food. Never ending food. Is what the, 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 like that's what the multiplication of bread and fish was. What is, give us this day our daily bread. Like mm-hmm. there's like, yep. there is a real, so it should also reframe for you what Satan was offering Jesus. Yes. He's just not offering like, hey, you're hungry. You're hungry. You, you should do food. this. Like, it's not wrong for Jesus to use his miraculous no. powers to make bread. What Satan's actually offering him is saying, God is not providing for you in this moment. Mm-hmm. He's not providing for your happiness right. or your satisfaction. Trust in yourself. Trust in yourself. Trust in your ability to provide. And Jesus says, no, I will trust in God alone to provide mm-hmm. for me. Which is why Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but who, whose delight is in the law, law of the Lord. The Torah. The Torah of the, of Lord. the Lord. And when he does that, he's like a tree. Yep. A tree of life. Planted by streams of water. And so like he's being fed by yeah. the word of God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The word of God is the stream in this picture. And, and the man who abides by it is the tree planted by it. And yeah. he's being nourished. Its roots are being nourished by the word of God. It's the same image of man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right. This is like living by the mouth of God is living by the stream. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. That's exactly right. And so like when Jesus in John 6 then says, come and eat me. Yeah. He is claiming to be, and John says in John 1 that he is the word made flesh. He's, he's like, come and eat my flesh. He's saying, eat the word. He's saying the same thing here. Eat the bread. He's in a way, it's like he's saying, I am the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Like, come and trust me. Don't yes. trust in yourself that because they were asking him in John 6, what what must we do to inherit eternal for, forever life? Yeah. We want to live forever in the land we of want God. The very life that Deuteronomy <laughs> promised. How right do we here. do this? And he says, Eat me. What does he mean by that? He means, trust me. I am the word that you must now trust. That offering that was given to you at the end of Deuteronomy is now in me. Put your faith in me and not in yourself. Don't provide for yourself. Don't try to save yourself. Don't try yeah. to do good works to, to make yourself right with God. Put your trust in me. I am the deputized prophet Yeshua that came after Moses. Like, oh, that's so cool. So good.
Hey friends, it's David with a quick reminder. Spoken Gospel is 100% donor supported. If you love the show, please consider becoming one of those donors, unless you already are, in which case, thank you. If you want to become a donor or see all of our other free resources that we make, you can head over to SpokenGospel.com. Okay, interruption over. Okay, so chapter 32 begins a section uh, called the Song of Moses. Yeah, it's like poetry. It's po- it's a, a long section of poetry, and God gave Moses this song. Yes, and the per- Moses and Joshua Moses were both in his presence whenever he gave him this song. Good. Yep. And the purpose of the song is to, um, I was trying to figure out what I said, but it's like an eternal witness yes. of like prosecution. It is, mm-hmm. it's like this song is supposed to be... Um, I, I don't know, like a, a prosecuting attorney. Yeah, it's a witness against them. A, that's, that's the phrase they use, a witness, yeah, a against, witness against Israel. Them. So like you can think of it like, so God says that like, you're going to go into the land, you're going to betray me. So I know we talked last episode about like, it yeah. seems like there's hints here yeah, yeah. that that there, the people are going to fall away. God just says it now. You're going to yeah. go after other gods, you're going to betray me, and you're going to be kicked out of the land. Yeah. And when you're out of the land, you're going to think this thought. And the thought you're going to think is, man... God just wasn't strong enough, or God abandoned us, yeah, or yeah. God lied. You know, and you're gonna start blaming you're me, start disbelieving, and you're gonna, yeah, yeah. you're gonna start blaming me, disbelieving, and not seeing that this is your fault. And yeah. so here's what I want you to do, Moses. I want you to sing this little catchy tune, <laughs> which maybe not maybe doesn't seem too catchy to us in English. I want English. yeah, I want to like know that I know the Hebrew, but I this is a catchy little song, and I want you to I want you to sing it to the people. And they're going to sing it to their kids and their kids' kids and their kids' kids so that whenever they're in exile, their kids are going to be singing the song because it's like ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. I don't know what that means. You know, there's like a hundred. Do you know what it means? So I've looked it up, and there are like multiple different theories about where this actually came from. Megan, okay. my I wife, and I this. got in this conversation. I, I, th- I thought it was about cholera. So uh, some people say cholera. Other people say like nuclear war. Some people say the Black Plague. It's a it's a whole thing. Ro- yeah, there's around the road, pocket full of posies or flowers. Yeah, there was like these things to keep. So ashes, ashes could be the nuclear holocaust yeah, exactly. coming down. Yep. It could be the bur- the burning bodies it, from yep. col- it, it cholera. It could be like flaking of skin oh falling. Up. Yeah, there's a whole, <laughs> a whole so thing. Anyway, but. It's like this, right? This, this is like okay. Ring Around the Rosie. That's okay, okay. what this is. Okay. And so the kids are singing it. And what you're supposed to imagine is imagine this mom, right, sitting in the kitchen. Like dad's at work, mom's in the kitchen, and she's just angry at God. And she's like, why are we in exile? Yeah. We're not, we're, we're away from our homeland. Everything we had was taken from us. And she's just like, God, you did this to us. Why did this happen? And her kid runs in, skipping into the kitchen, singing this song, ring around the rosy, pocket full of po-. <laughs> And what it does is it tells her, this was your fault. I told you this was going to happen. This is because of your sin. Yahweh's bringing justice. This is but, but he'll also bring you back into the land. And like it's this song. And you're supposed to get this picture of what, the kids rebuking the parents through this eternal what, witness of this song. And like what like an... It's it, it's an ironic reversal of what the parents were supposed to do. Hmm. They were supposed to teach their children God's law and oh, God's way. Dang. Teach this to your children as you walk on the way and as you lie down when you rise. But in exile, the children will teach the parents the way back into yes, the promised land. which is then a, a, a smaller picture of the bigger picture of what we saw in Numbers, where the younger generation 
fulfilled what yeah. the older generation was supposed to do. And that's who these people are. Fascinating. Which is then a smaller picture of the biggest picture of the Bible, which is every one of the older generation, everyone fails. Everyone fails. Mm-hmm. We're always waiting for some new recipient, some new Yeshua yeah, yeah, to yeah. do this thing, to reverse everything that's happened. And that happens in Jesus. You know, it's just, it's interesting that like the whole of the biblical narrative is pointing through genealogical lines to a new generation who will finally do it right. Fascinating. And and that's what Jesus does. Jesus comes and he stands as a witness against Israel in the past, but also redeems Israel in the past. Like it's amazing. He, He fulfills this song in a way. You Man, know, it, like, I keep amazing. thinking now, like how like young people are always like they don't know what they're talking about. Boomers, okay, boomer, okay, you know, boomer. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. like this inherent pride to being younger and more like in tune with the times. Right, it's like this disparaging of the older generation. Right, yeah, sure. You uh, you are a professor of biology, but you don't know what TikTok is. Yeah. <laughs> Or yeah, there's that version of it. But even like the good versions, like the world's changed. Right, the world's right, moved right. on. We're more globalized. We're whatever it is. Yeah. So like, how to? So I'm just thinking maybe this is immaterial. But like, how would this is pre- prevent the younger generation from not looking at the older generation in pride? Mm, Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, there does seem to be something God is doing with the younger j- generation that the older generation needs to be humbled by. Like, you need to recognize that God will. Uh, use a new generation mm-hmm. to rebuke and redeem the old generation. Right. So is the is the is the clue there that the younger generation is actually the older generation as well? Like we're mm-hmm. not as like smart, intelligent, savvy as we think we are. Like we're just as prone to be like the old people. the The new guard will be the old guard one day again. Right. Like, is yeah. that kind of like I don't know. Yeah, it's very cyclical. Right. Which is the Hebrew conception of time is uh, is cyclical. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the old generation messes up, the new generation judges them, they rise up to be the new old generation, they mess up, and the new generation comes along to judge them, and then it just keeps happening. Which is just, that's the cycle of human that's history. life, yeah. All lifelong, every generation that comes up and is the one that's finally in the workforce and the one that's creating culture always looks back to their childhood yep. as, that was the better time. Yep. That was the good time to mm-hmm. be, be alive, and now we're just messed right. up. And they also look ahead, mm-hmm. and they say like, Oh man, the boomers aren't doing it right. We're going to go into the right. workforce, uh-huh. and once we have, once we have, once we put a millennial president, yeah, yeah, you know, in the White House, everything's going to be right, right. And it's like Gen no. Z is going to come along and be like, "You guys are idiots." Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's and then, exactly and right. And then their grandkids are going to look yeah, at them yeah, yeah, and say yeah. they're idiots. It's yeah. This is the cycle of life, and like it has. And what's cool about Jesus is he sits at the center of mm-hmm. history, and he he yeah, has yeah. fixed every older generation in himself. And retroactively, like both correctly judged and saved, but then yeah. from now on, we are his offspring, and mm-hmm. we cannot look back at our older brother Jesus now and say, "Ah, oh, Jesus didn't do it right." right. Like <laughs> you know, it's like, no, we want to be like our big brother. Right, like, we right, want right. to be like the older generation yeah. Jesus, and uh-huh. so he's the only one in all of history who is mm-hmm. both the younger who doesn't incorrectly judge and condemn but takes the burden of the older generation and actually does it right and he's also the only older generation who doesn't fail and leave the failures to be cleaned up by the younger generation Mm. he actually fixes the younger too like it's just he sits at the center of history and breaks the cycle there's like a utopianism in younger people that says hey if, if we're allowed to rule everything's gonna be fine and there's this nostalgia in older generations that say if we could just go back to what we were previously and this is Universally, it's happening in our politics right now. Mm-hmm. It happens everywhere all the time. 
the book of Deuteronomy would say to like that constant cycle of utopianism and nostalgia and reaching for the past and reaching for the future is like, all of you have the wrong centers of history. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ sits as the newest, the the perfect generation whom we need to emulate, pattern our lives off of. And if you don't, you'll repeat this cycle all the time. Right. You'll find yourself in exile, wishing you were back home. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of older people right now feel that way in the States. Uh, and then for all the new people, you'll rebuke the younger generation, the older generation, only to find that same thing happening to you. Yep. If you don't have Jesus as the center of your history, mm-hmm. the new Yeshua bring us into a promised land by His perfect example and blood. We don't have an escape from like the political turmoil and that nostalgia versus like uh, utopianism, like yep. divide in society. Right. Anyway, yeah, it's interesting. So, not really the main point of the text. No, but but it is it is like a it is a cycle, and like this is meant to show you that this cycle is going to come. Yeah. Uh, and then the but the song itself is very interesting because it uh, you know it talks about like it tells them their history, it tells them why they went wrong and that God knew they were going to be wrong and why they are now in exile. Yeah. And it, it, it provides theological categories for that. And I just think from like a, um, like from our standpoint today is like, this is like the word of God does this for us today. Like as it a is whole, the, it's the, it's the song of Moses. It's the All song of Moses. It's the song of Moses that says calling like, us back yeah. to man, why are things as bad as that? This is God's fault. Right. No, look at the mm-hmm. word of God. Read Job and you'll see, like the real answer to your question, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. man, I just, I just couldn't believe in a god like that. It's like right. you know, you have a false conception. He, all, the song of the Bible always comes mm. and rebukes our incorrect perceptions about what's going on in the world, yeah. and and also <laughs> offers us a way to life. And yeah. so I, I just think it's interesting to th- think of the whole Bible as this song that's been repeated for thousands and thousands of years that comes against us as our perennial accuser. <laughs> so think about that then, as you read the Song of Moses, think about the Song of Moses as. Of if you're an old if you're an older person reading scripture, think about it as a rebuke to the sinful ways that we try to hold onto the past. Mm-hmm. If you're a younger generation, realize it's calling you to faithfulness to scripture, right? To the law that gives life, not your con- what what you believe will bring about the best possible future. And I think that word believes probably pretty important here. It is. So the first real word of the psalm of the song is in verse four. Uh, the, the first three verses are kind of introduction. Hear, mm. hear my song, Israel. Hear my song, Israel. Oh, yes. Yep. The first word is the rock. Yeah. His work is perfect. Fascinating. Yeah. At the very end of the psalm, it will reiterate the fact that Moses is about to die. Mm-hmm. And it gives the reason. Right. And it describes what happened at the rock of Meribah, mm-hmm. where Moses strikes the rock. Instead of speaking to it. Yeah, and we don't quite know what went wrong there, but Numbers twenty twelve tells us that the reason Moses dies mm-hmm. before entering the promised land is because he did not believe. believe. Yep. And so I think it's really interesting that that's at the end of this book here, but it's also the first word, the end of this yep. chapter, but also the first word of the song of the song, because Moses failed to believe, and he's calling Israel not to be like him. Mm. He's, He's like, believe the rock. Believe the rock. Like, yeah. I didn't that at yeah. that at that mm-hmm. time. I trust him now. Like, well, look at me and how I've changed and what happened to me. Look at my life as I disbelieve the rock and I'm not in- inheriting eternal life. Like, mm-hmm. trust the rock. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, and, and in case you think we're making too big of a deal out of this, God has called the rock all throughout this song. 
Yes. Um, I think six or seven times yeah. he's called the rock and then believing in other gods. Yep. Other gods are called rocks as well. Yeah, so but like dead things in a way yeah. that they're dead things. They're not a foundational rock, a, you know, like a cornerstone, a foundation. Yeah. The, the, you know, like the world is held up on the stones, you know, like that kind of thing. That's the God rock. It's uh, verse 36. Uh, For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants when he sees that their power is gone and there's none remaining bond or free. So this is like when God's calling his people back mm-hmm. for after their disobedience. And then the people will say, where are their gods? The rock in which they took refuge, who ate of the fat of their sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So it's like their gods, their rocks didn't provide for them. But my rock is bringing me back into my land. Like, so trust the rock. The rock provides you water yep. in the wilderness. He will provide you a new land again when you like go out of it. Yeah, definitely. And like, we have the same call in our life today to trust the rock. Mm-hmm. And is it First Corinthians or is it Romans that tells us that rock? Uh, yeah, that rock is Christ. That rock is Christ. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you think about that. Paul, it's Paul. Yeah. Let me, let me actually find, yeah. find the verse. Yeah. Uh, that rock is Christ. <clears throat> the Googles. The Googles. Well, maybe, maybe not that one. Uh, Rick is Christ. That's Rick. <laughs> Rick is Christ. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> There's an O in there somewhere. <laughs> first Corinthians ten yeah, four. First Corinthians 10. So uh, Israel drank the same uh, spiritual, spiritual drink. drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. For they were struck down in the wilderness. So the rock is Christ mm-hmm. in the wilderness. The rock was struck by the people of it, by Moses by himself Moses, yep. as a representative of the people of Israel. Yep. And when they should have been drinking from him, mm-hmm. they disbelieved him. And what's fascinating is that history of striking the rock, of like disbelieving uh, in God's revelation, in God's word, mm-hmm. is repeated all the way through the Old Testament. Yep. And finally in Jesus. So Jesus says multiple times to the Pharisees, your fathers killed the prophets. Yep. And you will do the same to me. Yep. Because you don't believe. Because you don't. You do not believe in me. Like you disbelieved in those prophets and you disbelieve in me. Yep. God has spoken to you and revealed to you who I am and you don't believe in the rock. When Moses struck the rock, he's actually setting the pattern for the rest of the Torah. Mm -hmm. The people of Israel as a collective will continue to strike the rock. They'll continue to disbelieve God's promises, disbelieve God's word, and they'll be exiled for it, disciplined for it. The Pharisees themselves strike the rock, God's ultimate messenger, mm-hmm. and he dies because of it. That's right. But the but the strange thing that happens in the original story of the waters of Meribah is Moses disobeys, strikes the rock, but in his disobedience and through that striking, God still provides water. He does. Like something good still comes out of that, yes. of that rock. God still answers his request with a yes. When the Pharisees strike the rock of Jesus Christ, water pours out of his side mm-hmm. because it is the drink that we drink and we find new life, the very life. Yep that will give us entrance into the promised land. Yeah. This is how, like, Jesus is the fulfillment of the rock mm-hmm. of Moses' song. Okay, well, as we wrap up our last pericope of the Torah, <laughs> the last... It's crazy. I feel. I just felt like suddenly a little sad. I know. It's it's strange. There's so much here. Uh, 
So we have um, chapters 33 and 34. And these, uh, and first we have Moses blessing the people. He gives his final benediction to the people. And it's positive. Yeah. It, it's finally positive. It's been a lot of negative. And that can kind yeah. of feel weird for, you, for a reader. Yeah, to yeah. be like, everything's bad. Everything's bad. You're going to go astray. Moses is going to die. He's the final cursed yeah. man. <laughs> and yeah. then he comes along and he blesses the tribes of Israel. Yeah. And he's like, hey, everything's going to go well for you. And I pray God's blessing on you and a great inheritance and success. And you're like, what? Wait. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of strange. It is kind of like, strange. Categorically, it's kind of strange. But I think we need, a, we need to see a few things happening here, right? There's so we, a parallel. There's a parallel to the Genesis. end of Genesis. Yeah. At the end of Genesis, um, Abraham... Jacob. Jacob, sorry. Yep. Jacob blesses all the 12 tribes of Israel, yep. um, and particularly the tribe of Judah, because mm-hmm. the tribe of Judah is through the line through whom which the Messiah will come, yep. and God's like God's people will be saved. Right. And so we have the same like litany of blessings back in Genesis, highlighting the specific family line of Judah that yep. will bring them about the Messiah and the salvation of his right. people. Which, which in the broader story... Like 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 it did with and he died and he died and he yeah. died. We're seeing a bookend with mm-hmm. the curse motif, yeah, right? Yeah. But if you push those bookends a back, back a bit further, yeah, yeah. there is something that came before the and he dies, and that is Genesis three fifteen. Yeah, that there would be a blessed line from yeah, yeah. Eve that would ultimately end sin and death and yeah. defeat Satan and yeah, yeah. and like bring us life forever and bring yeah. us back into the promised land. And so at the end of Genesis, when the people are in Egypt, they're farther from the promised land than they've ever been. Jacob is reminding them that the people of Israel are still the, that part of that blessed line. Yeah. And so that same thing is happening here today. Uh, today, back today, then. Back then. You know, you know, uh, the eternal Israel. The eternal <laughs> Israel, yeah. And so they're about to go in. They just heard that everything's going to go bad. They have this song standing against them. They, they've been told that they're definitely going to go astray. And it's like, so are we the blessed people of God or not? Like, yeah. is the Messiah going to come from us yes. if we're that messed up? Right. And this is Moses telling them, Yes, you yes. are still the chosen people of God. Blessed are you, yeah. O Israel. There's a couple of weird things in here yep. where it's it'll say like kind of like kind of a half blessing will feel a little bit strange. Yeah. But don't worry about that too much. It's just yeah. the way that it's written. <laughs> it's true. Like a lot yeah. of things like let Reuben live and not die, but let his men be few. <laughs> like yeah. Reuben's gonna be great. Yeah. But he's not gonna be big. Like yeah. that's the blessing. <laughs> right. Kind of strange. What you should know though apart from the little complexities within it, is that while this is really similar to Genesis 49, uh, there is a major difference. And it's the fact that the tribe of Levi and the tribe of Joseph are given like a lot of airtime and mm-hmm. the types of blessings that they'll receive. And that's really important because previously the tribe of Judah was emphasized, it had the longest blessing because it was going to be the hope through which the Messiah was going to come. This is the line that's going to provide for the salvation of Israel through the Messiah. Here, as they're about to enter into the promised land, you have Joseph, whose tribes were in the north of the country mm-hmm. and who were f- kind of separated by degrees from yep. some of the other blessings within the Old Testament narrative. Do you know that? Do you know that a little bit more concretely? Because I'm a little fuzzy there. Well, it's just the, the whole idea that like some of the tribes of, of Joseph, they were the ones that said like, "You guys go ahead and take Israel. Yeah. We'll stay on the other side of the Jordan." Yeah. And you know, we talked about this, and yes. Moses was like, "Uh oh, are you bailing out on me?" And they said, "No, no, no. We'll go fight, but then yeah. we want to come back and live here because we like this part of the land." So they would be most geographically separated from the tabernacle, yeah. like from the and temple, and literally not crossing this threshold of the Jordan. That's River, right. Which is yep. a special 
yep. like significant thing. Yep. So the fact that the, he's included in his blessings means, mm-hmm. no, no, he's part of God's covenant people. Yep. Which seems to be like the covenant people of God are going to spill out over the borders of Eden. Yeah. Like this is going to go outside mm-hmm. of just this geopolitical area. Yeah, it's yeah. like a promise, a down payment of yeah. the salvation of the Gentiles in the future, which is it part is. of the Abrahamic blessing. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And also the tribe of Levi, who would own no land. Yes. So we keep talking about promised land, promised land, promised land, over the Jordan, promised land, yeah. over the Jordan, promised land. And the Levites land. are like, oh, we don't get any of that. We don't get any land. And then all the tribe of Joseph are like, wait, 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 we're not on the other side of the Jordan. Uh-huh. And so these two blessings are meant to indicate yep. for both of those Whether tribes. Whether you have no land inside or your land is outside, you are still included in the blessed people of God. Yes. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. It's just to, to show the security and the breadth of God's promise and covenant. Yeah. And at the very end of this section, um, it says this in verse 26. Uh, There's none like God, O Jeshurun. Do you know what that means, O I, Jeshurun? I don't, actually. I lazily did not look it up. Oh, man. Oh. Do, do Lockhouse right yep. now while I yep. read this. Go ahead. So uh, there, there's this city name, I think. Jeshurun, but that's the first time I've seen it. Um, there is none like God, O Jeshurun, who rides through the heavens to your help, through the skies and his majesty. Which, oh man, I didn't realize this, but that shows up in Daniel and the Son of Man comes right on the clouds. It's, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's a Hebrew poetic name for Israel. Oh. Yep. There's none like God, O Israel. Yep. He's coming on the clouds to save you. The eternal God is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he thrust out the enemy before you uh, and said, destroy. So Israel lived in safety. Jacob lived alone in the land of grain and wine, whose heavens dropped down like dew. So the reason why this is significant, there's a lot of like stuff happening here. But like, think about this. The eternal God is your dwelling place. Mm-hmm. So even the land itself is not the ultimate blessing. No. And he's showing that by saying like, I mean, I'm blessing Joseph's people who live outside of it. It's not about, yeah. it's not about dirt. It's not about dirt. It's not about dirt. It's about living with God yes. in his presence. Right. I will be with you. So be strong and courageous. Yes. Yeah. I will be with you. Emmanuel. Emmanuel God was with us. Our hope is not that we'll be in some eternal like new creation or in heaven when we die. It's that we will be with God right. when we die. Right. Like those are inseparable. Yes. But like the emphasis is we will be with God. Yep. The book of Leviticus gets us to God's presence. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the emphasis is not on a where, but on a who. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Think back to the book of Exodus when the arm of the Lord was outstretched right. and destroyed all of God's enemies. Yep. And he thrust out the enemies before you. Mm-hmm. That word thrust is important. Okay. Because it's actually used of Adam and Eve when he thrust them out of the garden. Oh, wow. So when God is saying, I will thrust out the enemies before you, it's a reverse of what happened in the garden mm-hmm. of Eden. He will thrust out the enemies and you'll enter back into the promised land. Mm. You'll enter back into uh, the place where God's presence dwells. All of God's enemies will be destroyed. So Israel lived in um, safety. Like, and I think the word here is stationed Mm. or like you will be stationed. Which is, and that's the same word used for like how he stationed the cherubim outside the garden, right? Like, which is this permanent, Secure. boundary like you cannot come back into the garden of eden mm-hmm. but now instead of the people of god being refused access to the garden of eden yep. it's the enemies of god are not allowed wow. access in the god's yep. kingdom the people who want to destroy god's people are not allowed access in the god's kingdom everything that threatens god's people won't be allowed to touch them anymore mm. once they're in the land fascinating which is why like oh sorry go ahead no just, which is why joshua before he defeats jericho he meets 
a cherubim, an angel of the Lord with yes. a flaming sword as he's about to enter into the Garden of Eden. Wow, yeah. <laughs> it's like... Dang, yeah. So... Yeah, that's crazy. And it's like, and this is a, and this is the picture of the new heavens, the new earth. Yes, where the threat has been so abated by the enemy that it says the gates to this new mm. kingdom are never shut because they mm. don't have to be. Right, gates are shut whenever you're afraid. Yeah, like whenever an enemy could come in, we don't have to shut our gates because yeah. the the enemy. It also reminds me of um, of the end of Ezekiel where there's these, uh, he sees the new heavens and the new earth in this big temple, and the walls are crazy high, uh-huh. and not even Ezekiel is allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. And there's like not really doors into this thing. And it's, it's, to, it's, to, it's this like kind of reversal of this idea that in order to keep the dwelling place of God safe, you know, here it's like yeah. there'll be this flaming cherubim, and you'll never, yeah. you'll never be kicked out again. Like, obviously, this didn't happen with Israel because right. in Ezekiel's day, the walls are so big, and it's like, we'll keep God's presence safe mm. and secure from our unholiness by just sequestering it off and quarantining yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And it's like, the great the great news about the gospel is that God makes us like him so we actually can dwell with him forever. We can, we can be holy as he is holy. We can live in he his He protects us from the disbelief, the sin, the enemies that threaten our ability yeah. to live in the land. And those are internal Those enemies. are internal enemies. Like th- that's the curse, is yes. that we have sin in us. Like I think that's so important to bring up, that sin is not just something that we do, right? Yeah, that it's earns not always a, outside of that, it. It's not yeah. just a... It is like a physical army that comes against us. Yes. There is like suffering. Right. There is a sin of other people. There are evil people. There are injustices that come against us. But also... Yep. But also there is... A, sin is an internal enemy that bends our inclinations, affections, desires, hopes, um, everything toward the wrong tree. Like yep. toward the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And so like... The internal enemy is that intuition that always doesn't do God's law. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so like God will make us people who all of our internal intuitions and our affections and our desires are bent towards the tree of life and are bent towards obedience. That's the only tree we want to eat of. Yeah. And so like we will no longer want sin in this world because we will have been fully sated by the word of life. Yeah. We'll be like a tree planted by streams of water. Yeah. And like the only thing feeding us will not be sin anymore. It will all, it will only be life. And like, that's the, that's the, that's the good news. It's like the full good news of the gospel is that sin is not just something we do that earns a legal penalty that needs to be dealt with. That's yeah. part of it. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus bore that penalty on the cross. But when he did that, that gave him the right to, to, to clean us up and send his Holy Spirit to then like defeat the curse within us. Yeah. That to actually, he thrusts out the enemies from our heart. Yep. So that he can dwell in us. Like that's the, oh, that's, that's the what's happening. So to say it another way, if our body is this land that they're about to enter, it's full of the enemy. Yeah. And God is saying, I'm going to thrust out, kick out, yeah. exile the enemies of sin from your body, and then I'm going to bring life into it. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a it's, geographical picture of what God does to or, every Christian. Yeah, it is. It's also what Jesus is doing when he casts out demons. Yes. So yes. like there is like these internal enemies. Um, and these are like demonic, like these are, these are different than like sin or the proclivity or the inclination to do mm-hmm. God's wrong, but they're not s- separate from the spiritual battle right. that's happening in spiritual warfare. But Jesus banishes the enemy. He thrusts them out and he gives them a new heart. 
and places in front of that heart this flaming cherubim that does not allow enemies to come back in. He mm. places in this inclination and this, this seal mm. by the Holy Spirit so that people could love God's law, eat from the tree of life eternally, and live in God's promised land with him forever. Yeah. Well, that's good news. And that's the Torah. That's the Torah. So the Deuteronomy ends. We, we've talked about this, but we have to we have to say it again just to end with it. Yeah. Is the Torah ends with Moses dying. Yeah. And there has not been another another prophet like him who whom God knew face to face. Yeah. And like that that language of we're waiting for this this prophet like Moses who knows God face to face, who speaks with God face to face, who can hear the voice of God, convey the voice of God, obey the voice of God. Uh, and then it also says who did so many signs and wonders mm-hmm. that he did both against Israel's enemies, mm-hmm. right? But also for Israel's a people yeah. providing them in the wilderness. Yeah. And like yeah. when Jesus comes, he, he will cross the Jordan River. Yeah. Like Moses never did. And he is not only a, he is not only a prophet who speaks to God face to face, like he yeah, yeah. is the face he of is God. God face to fa- he yeah. is we get to see, we get to see God face to face in the face of Jesus. Like we actually get to encounter what Moses encountered. Like we get to see what Moses saw. We don't have an intermediary. God himself is Emmanuel with us. Yes. And we see him and he proved who he was by by doing great acts and wonders better than Moses did by yeah. casting out the like demons and and the, the effects of sin and the curse by healing people yeah. right claiming new land but yeah, not yeah. Ge- geopolitical land but the landscape of our bodies yeah. and our souls for him but then he also provided for people right he yeah. he loved them raised them from the dead he pro- he gave them food he get, he taught them yeah. he loved them like he yeah. was the newer and better Moses perfectly yeah, he was and what you're saying is like he's also Joshua. He's yep. also Yeshua. Yes. He goes over the Jordan River like Joshua wasn't, and he actually wins. Yep. He conquers the enemies. And in his death on the cross, it is finished. Not just victory, not just rest for the land from battles for a season of time, but death itself is defeated, and the promised land is available for all who trust in him. That's right. Who trust in the rock. Who trust in the rock. That's good. Well, there it is. That's it. The Torah. Now Fun I feel times. sad that it's over. Yeah, but I also feel like it was a good little chapter. <laughs> it was a good lives. chapter. It was a good chapter of oh, our lives. Oh, man. Well, um, how guys, many years? How many what? How many years? Did, a year and a half? Like a year and a half in the Torah, I think. That's crazy. I mean, that's yeah. this has been my spiritual food Yeah. for like the last year and a half. I've been doing other stuff, but like right, this yeah. is what I've spent more time in than anything else. It's been really nice. It's it been, been it's been awesome. Well, we hope it's been great for you guys too as you've worked through this. Um, we are going to be in the Book of Esther next. We are, uh, and Seth is actually in Oklahoma City for that. I'm so excited, uh, and we're going to actually film it too. I think. And yeah. So, so if you want to see what we look like as we talk, <laughs> I mean, I'm not that impressive to look at. No, but you know, we we figured why not? Let's try it and see if people like it. That's exactly right. So, so you can go on YouTube and check out our Spoken Gospel introductions, yep. the Devo videos, yep. as well as our podcast content Coming as well, up soon. Which yeah. will be excellent. So, anyway. Thank you guys for staying with us. If you've loved what you've listened to and heard Jesus in Scripture, please like like us or rate us. Yep. And leave us a comment. We read them all. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Super encouraging. Uh, like, I think we're almost at 70, 80 comments. Like that. Oh, man. Crazy. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, we, re- we really appreciate you guys. We hope this has been a fruitful journey for you. So thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time.
Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a nonprofit that gives all its resources like this podcast away for free because of supporters like you. To help Spoken Gospel in our mission to speak the gospel out of every corner of Scripture and view all our free resources, visit SpokenGospel.com.